You're a valuable person. You're not a number. You're not a ledger entry. You could never be replaced with AI, any technology, or anything else. You are uniqueness. Your consciousness could never be bought or sold. It's priceless. I see you. You see yourself. We all see each other. Who is anybody kidding here? The purpose of this show is to give you some encouragement, some recognition, some kind of daily inspiration to uplift you as you start your day or end your day, and to help you get your best foot forward because your value is appreciated here. If you're a small business owner or a wage worker or someone trying so hard to make it in these challenging circumstances, you're a hero. You're the heroes and the heroines of this show's story. Regardless of your political affiliations or your religious beliefs, your traditions, your tribes, you are the value in this economy. And you're seen. In a world of destruction and degradation, the world should see you for the value that you create. If you're working a job and you are homeless or houseless and you have to live in shelters or cars, this podcast is dedicated to you. Your resilience is recognized and you're not alone. Different people do different things when they wake up. You know what I do? First, I smell the inside of my nose. Then I hold onto the bed and make sure I'm really here because it's hard to believe it. Then I exhale and I step outside and make sure the stars are still where they usually are. It's a moment of quiet, anxious wonderment every morning. I suppose one might say I'm an empiricist. Things are what they are. And that is a pretty scary idea for a lot of people. Okay, how you doing? Today is going to be like not a lot of banter. I want to get right to it, but I want to talk about the idea of the veil and like rending the veil and the symbology of that and how veils are used in literature and religion and science and everything. And then apocalypse what it really means, like a real word study, a real short <laughs> word study on the word apocalypse. It's very interesting, in my opinion. That's why I'm talking about it. All right, let's go to a fake ad here, and then when we get back, we'll get going. Thanks uh, to my new followers or subscribers on Substack, Free Radio, Rulo, Charlotte Pendragon, Ted, Gioia, Joey Delage, Rob Cannon, and Lucia Cruda. If any of you listening go to my Substack and look at this page and click on these links of these people who I just thanked for following me and subscribing to me on Substack. These are all amazing people who've made really cool life choices. Like they've really done cool things. And they are interested in cool things and they do neat things. This is the kind of people I want to rub shoulders with. That's all I'm saying. Like these are really interesting people. And Americans kick ass and they get a bad rap. That's all I'm saying. And the ones on here who are also not American also kick ass. There's two that are not, I think. And that is just fine with me. Today I'm having fun with the word veil, as in the rending of the veil, and what veils symbolize in both religion and science, and also the word apocalypse. I bet you might know the real meaning of the word apocalypse. If you do, then you know why the words veil and apocalypse kind of belong together or apart in this day and age. That concept of the veil, what does the veil mean like the rending of the veil? A lot of people have heard that. They might not know what that is a reference to. So the veil in the Old Testament, and I think, and I'm not getting the Bible out here, but I believe it's in Ezekiel. There's a couple of other places, but it describes it. I think it's the book of Ezekiel. It might not be. Of the veil that was a piece of cloth that was four inches thick that protected the inner sanctum where the Ark of the Covenant was. 
from the rest of the temple. It like protected. It was like a protection. It was a veil of protection. And it symbolized being protected from the face of God. Like, cause if you got too close to the energy in there, you, it would just kill you. So when there was a time when it was necessary for one of the high priests to go into the inner sanctum where the Ark of the Covenant was, there was a whole special thing that they had to do and they had to wear a veil on their faces too when they went in there or else the light of God would like burn them or something. So there's all kinds of theories about what that was, whether it was radiation or some precious heavy metal or something that like they kind of used to do certain things or to divine certain things or something like that. There's all kinds of different ideas about what that was. Not really the point, but it's interesting anyway. So the veil, so rending the veil meant it was the symbolic, I've got a brave summarizer open, so I'll read some of that, but it was the symbolic of the doing away with the need for ceremonial law and having a direct relationship between the divine and the individual without the need for a priesthood. That's what rending the veil meant. So then in the, in the New Testament story, where the Savior is hanging on a cross and dies, then the, the veil is rent from top to bottom. This four-inch veil was supposedly rent. That's how the story goes, right? So they kill the Savior. The Savior dies. When he dies, it's such an energetic event that it rends the veil between the temple and the people between the Ark of the Covenant and the people. And then the rocks and everything in the whole area around there like split in two and everything because it was like this this big atom-splitting event when the Savior died. So um, that's what the veil meant. And veils are used a lot in both religion, religious stories and also in science. Veils are used to protect the face. Veils are used to protect lungs, to keep germs from spreading between people. Veils are used ceremonially and to represent different things in different situations, usually having to do with uncovering something that had previously been covered. Like, so you a veil is put over something and then you lift the veil and now that is uncovered and now that is Oh, you know, a no longer a mystery. It's no longer hidden. The veil has been lifted, you know. And then I did that one podcast, Do We Observe or Project, where I talked about how, you know, when we look at something, we're engaging with it. Like when you look at something and it's looking back at you, if it's especially if it's alive, like a living creature, then that's an engagement. There's energy there. That's superposition. That's real. Like that's not maybe, that's like a real thing about our species. We have this connection to other living things and we, when we engage with them, they engage with us. That's a very interesting thing. And so veils are used sometimes to stop that behavior, to like arrest the connection between things, to, to break that up, so to speak. Okay, so let's go to the Brave Summarizer. I love the Brave Summarizer and I had to look up the rending of the veil so let's see what it says here. Well, how much of this lines up with what I was saying? Let's see what the sources are too. Okay, let me see. One of them is one of them is Christianity.com. One of them is Reformed Witness Hour. One of them is Cambridge.org. And I don't know what the other one is. It's too small. I can't read it. But the rending of the veil in the temple signifies the termination and the passing away of the ceremonial law. There we go. I said something like that. Okay. 
Uh, the tearing of the veil in the temple means that the way to God is open. The new covenant is inaugurated. Okay, so there you go. The cleansing, the, here's one, this is different. Here, the cleansing of the temple has the same two complementary meanings as the rending of the veil. On the one hand, negative, pointing to the removal of the old system, and on the other, positive, indicating the establishing of a new system. So like a lot of people would be all contentious about this. I don't, it, it doesn't matter to me very much, okay? Because the point of this to me is more talking about covering and uncovering and like who's responsible for that and how that happens and all of that. It's not so much the scientific and or religious things that I'm interested in in this conversation. It's more about the symbology of it and the etymology, like how I arrive at thoughts, how people arrive at thoughts and where thoughts come from are a lot more interesting to me than some result of that or something. That's just kind of how I am and that's how this podcast goes. Let's do apocalypse. So let's go to Wiktionary. I chose Wiktionary because it came up and it's really simple. This isn't like, Wiktionary is just fine for this. We don't have to go to some ancient Greek like Going to an ancient Greek lexicon and looking up the original words for things is a very fun thing to do. Okay, so here's what apocalypse means. Like, we think of the term apocalypse. People talk about it's the apocalypse. Like, they think that apocalypse means the end of the world or the destruction of the world. It does not mean that. That is not what the word apocalypse means. It's used that way improperly by a lot of people, but it's not what it means, what it actually means, and the etymology of it that goes back a long way. Let's read the etymology first. It's, it's more interesting than a dumb dictionary definition. From Middle English, apocalypse. From Latin, apocalypsis. From ancient Greek, apocalypsis. Literally meaning, check it out for those of you who don't know this, literally meaning uncovering. Apocalypse means uncovering from apo in the ancient Greek to back away from and kalupto from the ancient Greek meaning I cover. So I no longer cover. I take the cover off. I no longer cover. The sense evolution to catastrophe end of the world stems from the depiction of such events in the biblical book of Revelation, also called the Apocalypse. And so then they go and do the definition. It's a revelation, especially of supernatural events. Apocalypse means revelation. That's what Apocalypse means. It does not mean the end of everything. Okay, and then it goes on and gives some more religious definitions. And then it talks about a disaster a cataclysmic event, a destruction or ruin, a nuclear apocalypse. Like that people you misuse the word and that happens a lot. Words change meaning over time. So anyway, that's that's how that is. And that's really cool and how those two words go together, how how apocalypse is lifting the veil or rending the veil. All will be revealed. And there's other prophecies in the Bible of saying how all will be revealed. So we are in 
a a time when all is being revealed. We have this technology that reveals everything, right? And a veil is being lifted. People are getting access to information like they've never had it before. And what's more interesting is people are turning off corporate sponsored news shows and looking for independent conversations and thought and dissemination of, of facts so they can protect their families properly because they can't protect their fa- families properly by watching television. Their families are putting in harm's way by watching television. So they're going out and looking for other ways of uh, protecting their family and getting better information. And that is a really very interesting thing to witness happening all around me. This is how you pronounce it. Listen, this is fun. You guys, this is fun. Watch. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Listen. Wait. Hold on. This is fun. Wait. Okay. Listen. Apocalypse. 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 That's normal. That's what it sounds like. That's how you say it. That's how you say apocalypse. Now let's try it really fast. That's really funny. Wait, listen. Somebody could mix that into some beats. That would be funny. That'd be funny. All right, now hold on. Let's just do it really slow. Let's listen really slow. Let's listen really slow. Listen. This is twenty-five percent speed. Listen. Apocalypse. <laughs> Dude. Apocalypse. Dude, that that's like this dude's having a drama attack. Like it's like drama. It's like he's. Dude, it's gonna it's gonna be all right, dude. Check the number. You got your number on your bracelet to call. Like you got that phone number. You need to call somebody. Call the number on your bracelet, man. It's gonna be okay, dude. Chill out. It's gonna be fine. Oh, it's gonna be okay. Ah, call somebody. Oh my gosh. So that's how you say it. So what is going to happen now is I'm going to read this thing that I wrote it in 2011. I'm going to read this text now. I guess like spoken word type poetry that I wrote back in 2011. And it was about the future, which in today time seems like to be about like right now. Before I start reading it, I'll say something like, you know, the people who are, who are, no longer like watching the corporate news and like they're starting to look for better information and they're, they know that they're not safe by listening to the news on TV. These people, they're rending the veil. Like they're rending the veil of propaganda. They're lifting the veil of propaganda. They're having an apocalypse on propaganda. There are many apocalypses <laughs> happening right now during this time of apocalypse of revealing everything, of veils being lifted. The technology that we have, you can't lie anymore. You can't lie. Stop lying. Stop saying that you're censoring people because you're the moral arbiter, because we know that is not the case. You're censoring people because you don't want them to know things. <laughs> you don't want other people to know things. That's why. It's not, you're not... Stop being the, trying to be the arbiter of what is good. We have other market choices where we can have freedom of speech. So just be honest about your outlets where you need to censor people for your profit motives and lie to people for your profit motives. 
and let the rest of the people have the free market where we can speak freely. Okay? Okay. I'm Commercial Herschel, and I'm here to help. The rending of the veil. It's not romantic. Reeling headlong into the teeth of this anti-civilization at a time of apparent increasing rending of the veil. It's not like a mission or a calling, but all too often the feeling that one owns mysticism and hope emerges to crush what is. So many peers, mentors, and studies have packed away. They have prepared. It's the starkness of alone that draws the romance. Again, we are stalwarts. We are the first immortals. We do, in fact, have one another. We are not alone. Physics won't allow it. Despite the delusion of the one and the projection of the collective, there is the universe in each cell. There is a sun alive in each snowflake at midnight. Television, the local newspapers, lofting, lazy, slow, turgid zeppelins at the addicted cabbage patch faces, overwhelmed by the illusion of depth, awestruck by the spectacle. Simultaneously, the wakers Vast numbers divorce themselves from belief. They don't necessarily know what's real, but with certainty they know what is not. Pulling, peeling, wrestling their barnacle cells from the ship, the battle star, like small children discovering themselves, rediscovering lost, recesses long since thrashed, beaten and bruised by public school, conformity, ostracization, church, television, drugs. The pineal hood winked shut, blinks for the first time since vaccination, fluoridation, calcification, reverses. It's the veil. It rends. The divide widens. It's not personal, certainly not political. Hence the new police state. Waking up is never good for those who rule the sleep. Waking up is never good for those who rule the sleep. Waking up is never good for those who rule the sleep. You took a nap, sleepers, after your energy drink, your bag of chips and cheese whiz. Of course you did. The long shadow of slow cancer needs a moment. Not even that zero sugar soda candy can help you now. We do love you. Be clear about that. Just because we don't wait for you to love yourselves before we make our moves does not mean you are not loved. We call to you. You hear it. You don't know what that sound is. You fell open. It landed there. You threw it out the moving window with your McDonald's garbage. Another may come along. You never know. I suppose... Wakers, karma falls like a light brigade as long stretches of decompression integrate with post-deconstruction. Deconstruct the language, subtract the inane politics and the conjecture. Nuggets of decompression filter their way down through the compost peat of what you have left behind. Form 
the first sentence of your life. I faced the hill and I made my claim, my declaration, my command. So here is the point. Be a net gain. Anti-civilization defines wealth as the accumulation of currency with the least amount of effort possible. Something for nothing is the call of the Oprah rich from behind the screen, the bubble, pin-ready bubble, the screen, the appliance applied to the smooth brain couch grooves. Because I didn't ask to be born is the response from the other end of the plug, from the couch, from the waiting room, the hospital room, the living room, the smell of french fries, waft universally, creates nothing Vacuous realms, nothing real, produced nothing. Wakers, real value is the creation and the production of the most possible using the least possible resource. Exponential returns. The chair caners, the recyclers, the small farmers, the hunters, the gatherers, the fishermen, the weavers, the wheelwrights. Much using little, not little using much. Not stimulation over edification. Real capital instead. Value instead. Honesty instead. You have to create something. These five words can save your life. I have to create something. That truth rings your heart like the bell. I have to create something. Here is your mantra. Winking hoods. I have to create Something, no money down, no money down. Eyes, ears, wits, experience accumulated for that sky of cold suns at night, for that soft place, for a cachet of hot and clean, a summer for a fire pit, all the chamomile and nettle with morning dew for a dry sump, and the hill to boot, to shoe, to ski, to gather for sweets, for medicine, for the altering. The deepest honed arrow can't provide this. Create something. They call something for nothing our response. Something from nothing. Hands, eyes, meet, analyze, diagnose, prescribe and implement, detail, finish. It is value exchange. It is not a sentence. It's not a deal. It's not a plea. It's not a desperation. We don't walk away from this. We gather the wind. We weave the cloak. We manifest the mist. And again, the gem, the gorgeous gem superior where I buried my face in the roots, into the banks, where I left my salt, where I recognized home, who she is, where I am, my future of breath, to hold this magic, volitional, living consciousness. Never for granted. Only ever grateful. Grandfather plucked hard from his place. Pulled hard like a feather. Grandson lands and leaves softly for the net gain. Net gain. That is the point. Leave more than you took. You have that magic, you neocortex. 
rise to meet the beasts. The sleepers, we sing to them across the divide like waning whales across a sea. We call, we sing, we spin and dive and splash. It's in slow motion. It's there on their sonar. It sounds vaguely familiar. They do not recognize the song, barely the voice. Their heart fell out. They picked it up and bombed it with belief and with hope and then sold it. And they hear us sing and they can't quite place the sound. Is it on the tip of their tongues? I don't know. I guess I would say that I think that that sounds a lot like um, what's now. Like it sounds like now. It, it sounds more like now than 2011 for sure. Fake ad right here. One minute. Okay, I'm Commercial Herschel, and let me tell you where you can find me. You can look online if you do a search for Smell the Inside of Your Nose, do it right now. Any of your podcasting apps, I strongly recommend the Fountain app, which I'm going to be getting a lot more involved in. The Fountain app, which is a Web3 app that employs, if you would like, the Bitcoin system of lightning payments. You can use lightning payments on the Fountain app. Um, and I really like it. And they have clips. You can take little clips of your podcast down and then make put little pieces of them out here and there and help draw attention. It's great. I'm going to be using it. You can also find me at Rumble, at the Early Risers channel. Smell the inside of your nose. Do it right now. You can find me at the at BitChute, Bit, and then Shoot, like Cold Shoot, at Commercial Herschel, How To at Commercial Herschel. You can find me at stacker.news slash Herschel. Stacker News is good. It's really getting good. It's a really great service. I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, let's see. What's the question of the day today? What could the question of the day be today? Not a big, whimsical, kind of a introspective question today. More just like, um, when did you turn your TV off? Like, when did you stop trusting the corporate news? When did that happen for you? If you want to tell me a story about that in my comments, I'd love that. Like, that would be so great. It would be such a great conversation topic. So if somebody wants to leave a comment about their feelings about TV and about corporate news and how everyone's waking up to the hoodwink and both sides of the aisle are all realizing that they've been tricked by the same people and that they don't need to be as angry as each other, maybe. That would be nice <laughs> if these two feuding cousins could just settle down for a little while. Wouldn't that be something? Let's go into the send-off. I'm going to read the send-off. I do it the same every day, only different. And it goes like this. This place where we live is not a joke. When I gaze at the stars at night, when I look out over the hills during the day, I'm consistently reminded that we live on a planet in space, wailing through the galaxy like a screaming rock. We are on such a small planet in such a tiny galaxy that no matter where we are in our galactic cycle, the universe of stars seem immovable. That's incredible. We are a moment, an instant in an infinite universe. We're an infinite in an instant universe. And every event that has ever happened here and that will ever happen here happened simultaneously in the snap of a finger. 
the instances of existence are so close in proximity that the whole thing is a singular material event. It's essentially over already. It's hard to believe we're even experiencing it. And I hope that we can be here to do this all again tomorrow. Yeah, I do. There are people who would say it makes us insignificant. And I very strongly disagree with them. The fact that we are so improbable is the very thing that makes us so momentous. We are conscious beings who can observe ourselves. We are consciousness observing itself. It's ridiculous. You are each a refraction of light from a single source. You are the individual and the whole simultaneously. You are masterful. You're mysterious. You're distinctive and anomalous. You're a paradox. I'd say that's rather significant. In the context of the time that our galaxy is here and the infinitesimal millifraction of time that we each have within that context, the reality of your consciousness and your power to observe and manipulate matter, to use space, the essence of your energy and your planning and time usage in this three-dimensional plane, the influence of your refraction of the source is immeasurably exponential in the cosmic expanse because it expands as far as you are able to observe into the infinite universe. Why? Because your observation affects it. Your, you are not only a body, you have radiance. You radiate. Your eyes can't see the frequency, but there is light. You are composed partly of light. You are a luminescent jewel that can shine on yourself from within yourself. You are significant beyond the perception of anyone else. Shine on yourself as you shine on others. And what an honor that you shine on me. Now, smell the inside of your nose. Do it right now.